Friday to everybody out there in Radio Land. It is Friday. That means it's time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you on this Friday. And I have to say that in some ways, I think that the, the podcast is moving on up uh, because we have a very distinguished guest with us today. And uh, we'll get to her in just a moment. But first, let's go to our quote of the day. All right, and we're digging into God's word for our quote here. This comes from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. All right, and I chose uh, this this verse because I I think that a lot of us uh, get overwhelmed and, and wish that we were more talented than we were or had more abilities than we do. And this is just a reminder to us that we can do everything God calls us to do with the abilities that he has given us. And today's guest is a definite example of that. And she had mentioned in an article with the Grand Rapids Press how much her faith in God played into her desire to meet her goals, um, some of which include um, finishing college, getting married, having children, and then as she went into the Miss Wheelchair Michigan pageant and won it for 2014, and then placed in the top five um, during the August 4-10 to 10 Miss Wheelchair America pageant. So we're very excited to have her with us. Um, her name is Kelsey Klimola, and welcome, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I was beyond thrilled when you responded to me as quickly as you did and that this worked out. So thank you for being with us. Absolutely. And my co-host Adam is also with us. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Kelsey. <laughs> hi, Adam. Thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. All right. No problem. Well, we're just going to get right into these questions. And uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about your growing up years? So um, growing up was quite interesting. I was born with cerebral palsy, so I've been um, I've had a disability my whole life, and so it was kind of difficult getting involved in school and things like that because. I was mainstreamed at a very early age, and while everyone was kind of accustomed to my disability, I was the first person in my school district to become mainstreamed. So I was kind of the front runner for everything. I stuck out like a sore thumb, and I just um, just powered through it. You know, I realized it was only four years of high school that I had to bear, so to speak, and those were really formative years for me. Um, it was really difficult, but it was well worth it and definitely a huge part of my story. So did you struggle with the fact that you were disabled? Like, did you ever wish that things were different? I think everybody does that is born with a disability because, um, you know, you wonder about the flip side of the coin. And I've always wondered about that myself because I have, um, I grew up with two able-bodied sisters. And so, for me, I was immersed in both worlds. I was immersed in the able-bodied world as well as the disabled world, and I was wondered about what it would be like to be able-bodied. But on the other hand, I'm very blessed with what I am able to do, and um, I I wouldn't take a magic pill if it were if it were given to me. I'm so on the fence about it because it's my disability has brought me so many different gifts and so many different opportunities. And if I didn't have that, I know that I wouldn't be where I am. And for sure, my kids wouldn't be where they are. Well, I have to say the same thing. I too was born with cerebral palsy. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I have spent my life in a wheelchair. 
I have a little bit different situation than you in that I I was homeschooled for most of my education, um, but Mm -hmm. I was the oldest of 11 children, and everybody else was able-bodied, so I definitely know what it's like to grow up in an able-bodied world and uh, try to function. The funny thing was, for my brothers and sisters, you know, when when my brothers were younger, they, you know, they would often ask when we went to the store, where is so-and-so's wheelchair? Because they thought that everybody, every family was supposed to have somebody in a wheelchair. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of interesting what their perception was as younger children. But I've definitely been blessed to have uh, high expectations placed on me by my parents. Um, they never mm-hmm. let me use my disability as an excuse, and that's part of the reason why I'm able to do this podcast. Uh, because they've always stood behind me and, and made me reach for excellence. So I definitely can see where you're coming from. Talk mm-hmm. about uh, going to college with a disability. Um, you know, I really had goals and a uh, picture of what I wanted college to look like for myself. I thought about a bigger campus, and I just knew that that was something that wasn't going to fit well for me because I knew, um, based on the sheer size, that I would just get overwhelmed with colleges if they were too big as far as getting around and being able to have that one-on-one connection with professors. And so when I went to look for a college, I really kept in mind wanting to look for a smaller school, and I found one that I think fit me very well. I ended up going to Aquinas College, which is in Grand Rapids, um, and I was able to live on campus, which really helped um, with my experience there because I could live in the dorms and create those friendships and relationships with people on campus as well as with the professors. So I really flourished in college. It was a great experience for me, and I loved my professors, and I loved um, just the people that I met. Adam, do you have any questions or comments? Um, I do, actually, yes. Uh, so you, you talked a little bit about um, your family earlier, but kind of curious, like mm-hmm. how, many, how many siblings did you have, and, and where did you grow up at, too? Um, I've lived in Grand Rapids my whole life up until now. I now live in southeast Michigan. Um, and so I, like I said, grew up in Grand Rapids my whole life. And I have an older sibling, an older sister, and a younger sister. And then I also have um, three stepsisters and two stepbrothers. So quite a large family. A yeah, busy house. I'm sorry? Oh, I said a busy house growing up, I'm sure it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I didn't. Um, we didn't become a blended family until I'd moved out of my out of my mom's house. So, um, but definitely with the, with our other two sisters, it was quite busy. There, um, my older sister and I are only eighteen months apart in age, and then um, my younger sister and I are seven years apart in age. So, it was very busy for a long time. Uh, and and now you have a family of your own. Tell us about them. I do. I have a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter, and life is very busy. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, and then I um, do things for the Miss Wheelchair Michigan program. So I'm very involved with that, and also just taking care of them eats up a lot of my time. Well, I, I really, one of the things that we want to do here on the Speaking for Him podcast is encourage families, and coming from the big family that I did, Family's always been very important to me, so I commend you uh, for your efforts as a stay-at-home mom. I think it's one of the most important jobs there ever was or ever will be, so I appreciate that. Well, thank um, so you. So with all the other things that you've accomplished, and it sounds like you've done a lot, 
How did you decide that one of the things you were going to go for was the Miss uh, Michigan pageant? Um, it was actually a funny story. I saw a photo of a friend of mine on Facebook with last year's title holder, and all I saw in the photo was her stash, and I kind of joked around with my friend, and I was like, ha-ha, I should enter this competition, not having heard anything about it or what it involved. Um, and he said, no, you really should. And so um, being that she was tagged in the photo, too, that last year's hit older, I amed me on Facebook, and she gave me um, contact information for the state coordinator, who then emailed me the application, and um, the rest is kind of history. So how many people were were did you beat? Um, at the state level, there was only two of us, um, but it varies from year to year. It just kind of depends on um, how many people apply. And I think a lot of it comes from a place of fear and stepping out of your fear because um, they realize kind of what it involves as far as the competition itself because People assume it's a pageant, and it's really not. It's about advocacy and awareness. Um, so you basically develop your own platform about something you would like to advocate for when it comes to um, people with disabilities. And then you also are interviewed by a panel of judges, and then you also give a one- to two-minute memorized platform speech in front of an audience, and then they decide from there. Um, who should be crowned. There's also a couple of on-stage questions as well. So was that nerve-wracking for you? Um, it wasn't. It was and it wasn't. Like, it was kind of out of my comfort zone, but I knew I could do it. Um, I My degree is in communication, so I've had experience with public speaking and that kind of a thing. The most nerve-wracking part of it was the judging questions because you don't get a list beforehand of what they're going to oh, ask boy. you. It's very off the cuff. And so, you know, you just have to think on your feet, so to speak, and to really do your best. Tell us a little bit about the national tournament. So basically, it's the same thing on the national level. Um, Michigan, at least, really tries to follow through with what nationals are like so that you kind of have a taste of what to expect when you get to the national level. Um, for the national level, there was one five-minute judging sessions and then two ten-minute judging sessions. And then there was um, the, the memories platform speech. And then as you made it into the top five, there was two on-stage judging questions as well. Now, did did they manage to have all 50 states represented? No, unfortunately, there's not a program for Miss Wheelchair America in all 50 states, so 26 states were represented this year. Okay, well, hopefully that will grow and more people will get interested. And and uh, I know I was intrigued when I read about it, so... Yes, that's definitely our hope because, you know, it really is important to provide role models, especially for young girls with disabilities, because... Well, that's great. Well, in the in the in the newspaper article that I read, you talked a little bit about your faith. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about uh, your journey with God and how it has shaped the way you're living your life. Um, growing up, I didn't. We didn't go to church every Sunday. You know, we kind of went sporadically, um, trying to, always trying to find a church home. And then when I was um, Entering middle school, I ended up going to church with a friend of mine for several years and was involved in their youth group, but I still didn't feel up at home because I felt like 
um, it was kind of a popularity contest, even in the, the youth group there at that church. So I really kind of faltered off with that, and, you know, I made some poor choices, and, you know, there came a point in life when I just realized I can't do this on my own, and I was in college at the time and just had had a lot of bad experiences, and I remember just, you know, praying to God and saying, okay, you know, take it from here because I can't do this anymore. I, I can't have all the control, and um, shortly thereafter is when I met my husband. So God definitely heard my prayers and, you know, <laughs> blessed me accordingly. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about how you met your husband and how you guys got together. Um, we actually met in an old school Yahoo chat room. And the only reason he IM'd me is because he liked my name. It's a good start. <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, he IM'd me and, you know, I was very upfront from the beginning and told him, you know, I have a disability. I'm in a chair and because his aunt had adopted several children with special needs, he kind of knew what cerebral palsy was and, you know, the, the spectrum that it can have as far as the effects on a person and um, obviously continued talking to me and realized that we lived two hours away. Well, his his limit was two hours, well, I was two hours and 15 minutes, so I guess I rated pretty high um, in regard to that. And then we ended up talking for several months and um, meeting in person on New Year's Eve and of 2004, and then we've been together ever since. How long so, after you met uh, in person did you get married? Um, we were we got engaged after we were together for just over a year, and then we planned our wedding for a year. So we were together just over two years when we got married. All right. Well, that's exciting, and it gives me hope. Um, I'm still looking for for the the girl that God has for me, and I definitely mm-hmm. know how nerve wracking it can be. I've I've been on uh, one particular online uh, service, uh, mm-hmm. and having to you know having to let people know that you're in a wheelchair and hoping they'll respond to it correctly can be nerve wracking. Um, Mm -hmm. They usually don't, at least not to this point, which is kind of discouraging, but I'm not going to give up. And like I said, thank you for um, providing the hope and encouragement through sharing your story. And I'm glad that the Miss Wheelchair Michigan gives you the platform to do that. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, well, uh, what would you say is your favorite Bible verse? My favorite Bible verse is definitely um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And I really think that that that's shaped um, this year, especially, but just you know, going through the rough times that I've gone through and the uncertainties of life in general has really. Um, really reminded me that there is a plan for me and that everything is through Christ. And, you know, we are only in so much control. We can do our part for sure, but, you know, his plans are already written for us. Absolutely, and what an encouragement that is. Well, you're not doing too bad for yourself because you went (laughs) to the national tournament and you placed in the top five. How exciting was that? I was very excited. You know, I, I went into it, you know, with, with the assumption that it was going to change my life and that I was going to make lifelong friends. And I certainly did that. And I'm so excited to have had the opportunity because it's not something you run across every day. It's being in a room filled with women in wheelchairs who, you know, are just like you and 
um, don't see your disability is really inspiring and uplifting. All right. Well, what's next for you on this Miss Michigan journey? I assume that you have responsibilities for about a year. Um, I do. I was crowned in March, so my reign ends um, in March of 2015 when a new Miss Wheelchair Michigan will be crowned. Um, I really made a lot of connections as far as networking goes, and I really hope to write a book within the next year or so. Well, that's exciting because we actually, one of the things we do here on the podcast is we have a book club, so I might have to uh, can, uh, give that book a look and see if we can review it. Absolutely. Um, So, what? I mean, you just came off nationals. So, what is the Mm -hmm. next thing for you? Um, So, as Miss Wheelchair Michigan, I'm required to do two speaking engagements or appearances a month. And so, I've usually been averaging around five. And since we're responsible for setting all of those up ourselves, it's really been fun for me to go to different places and hand out my business card and see you know, what I can do for other people. Um, I will be at the Special Olympics Fall Games in September that are being held in Ypsilanti. And then um, several different things. There's going to be a horse camp that I'm going to be at with um, a sweet little girl that I know. Um, Yeah, um, and then I was also at a Johnny and Friends family retreat in July. So I kind of traveled around Michigan quite a bit, um, which is one of the fun things about being Miss Wheelchair Michigan. You kind of get to go here, there, and everywhere. All right. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I know know I like to travel. This is one particular title I will never go for, but uh, (laughs) but I do enjoy traveling, so I can definitely see how that's going to be a lot of fun for you. Yeah. um, we we have just really enjoyed uh, being able to sit down and talk to you today. Thank you for taking the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Uh, do you have any final thoughts of encouragement for our listeners? Um, I just want people to know that, you know, living with a disability does not have to mean a death sentence. When I was diagnosed as a baby with cerebral palsy, you know, the doctor basically told my mom to sit me by a window and make me comfortable because I was never going to be able to do anything. And I think that, you know, it takes a strong parent to be an advocate for your child, but it takes an even stronger person who's living with a disability to rise above all of the expectations that society has for you and just, you know, live your life the best you can and praise God while you're doing it. Yeah, and I'm I'm still doing that, so I totally know where you're coming from, and uh, I will keep doing it, and I encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, the Lord bless you as you continue to serve Him and serve in this capacity. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. All right. Well, that is this week's show. Uh, if you would like to help us, you can uh, uh, rate us and like us on iTunes and Stitcher, and make sure that you're telling your friends uh, about our show. We want more and more people to be involved and to give us ideas on what we can do to make the Speaking for Him podcast even better. Well, that I hope that you will have a great weekend. And uh, for, on behalf of my executive producer and co-host Adam McNutt, this is your host, Andrew Gomison, saying have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters.